0: Welcome to the Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast, your one-stop shop for building client relationships, scaling your business, and ultimately growing your income. When you are looking for your next step in personal and financial growth, we've got you covered with your host, number one international best-selling author and heart-centered sales expert, Connie Whitman.
1: Welcome to the Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your heart-centered sales leader. Of course, hosts Connie Whitman. So every week, as you turn in, as you tune in, you guys know. I, I know I'm a broken record. I'm like I'm on a movement to change that word of sales from that icky, sleazy Wolf of Wall Street vibe to really, you have to shift and come from this place of love, care, and respect. And to help you on that mindset journey of that that really pivotal shift, right, of coming from care, love, and respect, I have on my website a free resource for everyone, um, which is your communication style assessment. And within that assessment, you get a free report about your superpowers. So it shows how you show up to your your clients, your prospects, your, your colleagues, um, your family, everybody in your life. I also provide a your lowest score, which is your blind spots. And unfortunately, sometimes we're unaware of our blind spots. That's why we call them blind spots. But they could be shooting you in the foot and causing you distress and leaving business on the table. So go to Whitmanasos.com slash CSA for communication style assessment. It's in the show notes. Take that test. It's free. It's a little quiz. takes you 10 minutes um, and you'll really get some insight. The other thing, because you know how demanding I am, I want you to go and subscribe to the show just so you don't ever miss an episode. And if you'd like to rate and review, I love to read those notes. They mean so much to me um, and always appreciate it. So my quote today is by George Bernard, Bernard Shaw. And George says, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it's taken place. So whether you realize it or not, everyone is selling as part of their job, some part, right? You're either um, selling to your boss as to why you should get promoted or why you should get that um, increase in in uh, uh, salary, right? So we're always Pushing why me right why me that sales perspective well, twenty percent of the of the time, no matter what your job is, even if you're an attorney or a CPA and that's not your full time job, twenty percent of the time we are selling so today, my guest is Rebecca Gebhardt um, she's a best selling author of name of the book You should all buy it Beyond the board How to achieve your vision board Is that, am I saying that right, uh, Rebecca? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Beyond the Board. How to achieve your vision board goals in a fulfilling and sustainable way. She was the former top 1% sales and sales team leader at Globe Life Family Heritage Division and also at Southwestern. Rebecca now helps ease the transition from sales to sales leadership, which, by the way, are two very different things. So please help me welcome my amazing guest, amazing friend, Rebecca, to the show. So Rebecca, thank you for being on.
2: I'm so excited to be here, Connie. Thanks for having me.
1: Yes, me too. And I, I, I apologize. I want to say your book one more time. It's Beyond the Board, How to Achieve Your Vision Board Goals in a Fulfilling and Sustainable Way, which is really important. And we're really going to focus on that going from that sales to that sales leadership position because whether we like it or not, sales is a part of every industry, every job, even if you're in a back office where sales is still prevalent and then we get promoted because we're really good at sales but that doesn't mean we're really good at leadership right so this is this I think is a super important question now you just finished a survey about the emerging sales leader Um, why did you do that
2: in the last year I made a hard pivot from sales coaching to sales leadership coaching and I was hearing with my clients the big issues they were having. And my clients do very well. Um, And I was like, if these are some of the best and brightest leaders at sales organizations Hmm. that are having these same issues, other people are having these issues. So what I did, I created a curriculum for coaching and then I went, I don't actually know statistically if this is true. <laughs> like I know it to be true from my 20 years of sales leadership experience. And, and I, I know a lot of sales leaders and I, I've helped lots of people. But I went, where are the numbers? And I could not find the numbers. So I um, started looking around and I there were a lot of transitions. There's a lot of leadership coaching. I've learned more about um, some um, – Coaching that's been done about transitions, but not for sales to sales leadership, and I just went, why? Why is, doesn't this exist? So the short thing, um, I called Gerhard Gershwantner, who is the CEO of Selling Power Magazine, and I was almost like asking the teacher for the answers, right? Because <laughs> he's an author and he's a researcher, and I said, Gerhard, do you have any information or know where I could look? Because out, it'll take me. It take me months to find it. He said. I don't have it. I don't think it exists.
1: Wow! Why don't we
2: create a survey? And I thought I never thought to do that. So, and I, um, so I really appreciate his time and um, his encouragement. But that's why I did it because it didn't exist.
1: Which is scary. See, again, it goes back to right. These athletes get okay, you're going to be the coach now and the team's um, performance goes down because they were good at the execution of their craft, but that doesn't mean they're going to be a good sales leader or a leader in their craft. So we're promoted based on our ability, but not on our ability to lead. And it's really like two sides of the brain that we're using because and, – and here's the funny thing, and I know just in my – when I coach, right? It might, when I teach sales or I coach with my clients – no two people are the same. No two people are struggling with the same sub-skills or the combination of sub-skills. We truly are unique humans. So if I come in and I think, well, pff, my way works. You should just do it my way. Meanwhile, you're this big, extroverted, larger-than-life personality, and somebody on your team is, is a little bit more introverted. I'm not saying a wallflower, but a little more introverted and a little bit more poised and calm. They can't duplicate your process because it's going to be an epic fail because they're not comfortable. They're, they're trying to be something that they're not. Then you're authentic, The client feels it, and then that that becomes that whole spiral effect. So, what isn't that scary that there's no research out there though? What great there's advice. no research,
2: but yeah, but it's um it's the it's the status quo. So if mm. I mean, anyone who listens to this in sales. Your business comes from challenging the status quo. Your yeah. competition aren't people who do what you do it's the status quo and uh, Liz J Simpson told me that she's a she's a, a coach that helps um, with this big money movement um, but what I saw and what i and i don't i didn't get this from the research. I can go into the research a little bit, but I was thinking like why we we know that sales is different than sales leadership we know that um, it's a problem, but why isn't there training specifically for it? It's crazy. What What is it about it? And I thought, well, and well, I'll actually just share. So, we promote um, from the research. So I had a hundred and over 150 people respond, nice. sales leaders, nice. and that was the magic number, Gerhardt, that I needed to actually <laughs> get to like to legitimate statistic you know, analysis, know, statistics, right? Statistics, yep. Yeah. And um, most of them were in um, top leadership, so. Um, prior to becoming promoted, 43% told me they were in the top 10%. 18% said they were in the top 25%. 17% said they were in the top 1%. So most people were top salespeople. They are positive. They're go-getters. They figure it out. And I think we just take these people and go, well, they'll figure it out. They'll be okay. And they are okay. Like they do figure things out, but it's where they mess up that causes the problems. And then what you get is you get this, you know, sales leader who you're like, okay, well, they're gonna make some mistakes. It's okay. But they never learn. They keep going up the career track. You're like, well now they're a VP of sales. Yeah. are like, I never learned how to get feedback. Yeah. I never learned how to not micromanage. I didn't learn and and it's not like they don't know everything. They have their strengths again, but it's it's where they mess up. Um and let me actually just share this this was a question I asked if if they were trained effectively, how many fewer mistakes do you think that would be made? We, I couldn't correlate a, a number to what that costs organizations and mistakes, but it was pretty, um, uh, pretty big. Hang on, let me go back to this where where it was. Um, now I lost it, but I printed it all out.
1: You're so funny.
2: I know. I've Notes got it great all. if we could oh, use Oh, yeah, them. decrease mistakes. So 45% of people said it would decrease mistakes between 11 and 50% sure 28% said it would decrease mistakes 51 to 99%. So everyone agreed it would decrease mistakes and you got as a company or as just a person, a salesperson, you're like, I'm taking my next leadership promotion in my own hands. Yeah. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to like, you know, do that. And so that's anyway, it's interesting. The numbers were interesting when I looked into it and dug into it, but,
1: um, Again, it it goes back to what I started with, with my communication style assessment, right? With my clients, I asked them to take that because if you don't understand your own superpowers, you always want to, you always want to build on strength. But if you don't understand your blind spots, because they're blind spots, And that's exactly what they're talking about. These leaders, they figure it out. But wouldn't it be great to figure out, I don't have a great skill at asking for feedback. I need to hone that skill. I'm not great at coaching. I'm really good at telling and demanding. You're not going to get that same response. It was funny when I first started in sales, Rebecca, oh my gosh, 39 years ago. And, uh, my sales manager was in insurance. So a little bit aggressive, right? Let's, let's go there. It's aggressive. And I, I am more about doing the right thing than being aggressive and in your face. But I remember I, I'm really good at connecting and all of that. So I, I started getting a lot of business clients and so this one young family went in to do the insurance he was the business owner and they needed disability insurance but they also needed life insurance so i sold my first million dollar policy now this was back in the 80s which was that's huge okay so i like skipped into work the next day just so so happy that i could serve the client but so happy that like i got my first million dollar sale right and you know what he said to me why didn't you make it 2 million I was like, dude you should not be teaching people because you're a horrific human being right like that was his response but that's because you know more push um he, he said to me you should have more debt why would i want more debt it'll make you work harder that was the most ridiculous thing i had ever heard in my life but they believed if you had a lot of debt you would just do that much more where i'm thinking i don't want to have debt i want to buy a house i'm like i had ambitions uh, do we not take that into account? So his people skills were – he was so off in how he managed different people. Forget about a woman in insurance, and I was the only woman in that office. And, you know, I mean, he I, I, probably thought I got stuck with this broad, right? Whatever. But that's the kind of shift of he was so good at sales, they made him a manager, and that was the biggest mistake they could have done because he was really bad. He was he was painful. Uh, but I learned, I learned leadership skills from him of, of what not to absolutely do do because he was he was scary
2: (laughs) yeah and you know I say that quite often our greatest strengths as salespeople can become our greatest weaknesses as sales leaders (laughs) and that's why what used to work didn't so his unrelenting like his never being satisfied you want a salesperson who's never satisfied you always want a salesperson who's pushing the envelope and wanting to get better all the time but then you transition that into sales leadership and you go Are you never happy? Are you never like people are never appreciated? I I have a whole list of these things of the difference between sales and sales leadership. And one of my favorite ones is if you're running around with your head cut off in sales, you look like you're committed. Like, oh, you're busy, you're committed. You're running around with your head cut off in sales leadership, you look like you should be committed. You have no control (laughs) over what you're doing, right? And they go, well, let me just show how I'm busy and I'm, I'm productive and this means I'm successful. And there's just like, They don't
1: work anymore. You know, it doesn't work anymore. So, Well, the other thing with that, too, being busy, see, as a sales, see, immediately I go to my sales leadership mind and I'm thinking, okay, I see you're busy. What are you busy doing? And are you busy doing the things that are going to make more sales, grow your business, whatever it is, because we're really good at the (laughs) minutiae. We go where we're comfortable versus doing what we should be doing to make money, grow business, right? And, and, and it's, it's perfecting your skills with the right behaviors in place so that it, and this, this really leads to our next question, right? So people said in your research that they're emotionally exhausted or stressed out a lot. So think about it. If you're running around with a chicken you know, with a head cut off, you're extending and expending so much freaking energy. Of course you're exhausted. So when you get in front of the customer or your prospect, you're not shining your brightest light because you're so worn out from running around right with the chicken without head. So now you like to focus also on energy management for leaders. So what do you teach people about that? And everybody, I think you should take notes here because this is an important concept. Extending energy, like like Rebecca said before, is wonderful. I'm busy. I'm I'm pushing the envelope. I'm stretching myself. But are you doing it Are you putting the energy in the right thing? So take some notes here. Mm -hmm.
2: I love to say that, and we've heard this before, but selling is a transference of feelings. Yes. Leadership is a transference of hope. Yes. You cannot inspire your team if you are drained. And um, one thing that I knew, but that I got really big confirmation on through this survey Mm -hmm. were the comments of what people said, how is it different? And most of them were, it's emotional. It's emotional intelligence. It is so different. So when I asked what percentage of the time are you stressed out or emotionally exhausted, these were the numbers. 38% said they were that way, 11 to 25% of the time. 25% 25% said they were uh emotionally exhausted or stressed out 26 to 50% of the time 16% said less than 10 that was it and then 15% said 51 to 75, wow. 6% said more than 75% of the time. Wow. Now, stress isn't terrible. So I'm not, well, I don't want to be like stress is bad because stress is, is, is very motivating um, and we, we do need it. Like we need pressure. Actually, we need pressure, not stress. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, I won't agree with that. that. I agree with that. Uh,
2: yeah. Um, but leaders need to be very cognizant of how they fill up their cup and how they manage their energy. Um, Jim Lair wrote this phenomenal book called The Power of Full Engagement that my sales leader gave me probably 15 years ago. And he talks about different energies. There's emotional energy, spiritual energy, mental energy, uh, and physical energy. And people, when you when you give like analogies to physical energy, that's the easiest one of like – you're working out, you pick up, let's say you're curling 15 pound weights, you wanna get stronger, so you, you go up, you increase, you take a 20 pound weight and then you have a rest day, right? For your body to recover. I think we sales leaders, um, this is my opinion, right? So I don't, I have to do a research survey to see if this is actually it. But I think the mental, the ability to focus um, is what is emotionally draining most of the time. I had a conversation with, um, a new sales leader who, um, and new sales leaders are most of my clients still have a book of business, but they have two jobs. Yeah, like The emerging sales leader sells and leads. Sure. It's not like they're just selling. That's a different sure. leadership, um, sure. level anyway. But I said, um, he said, I'm so tired. I'm training all the time. I said, when was the last time you trained someone? He goes three months ago. He was so exhausted um, because it just kept going around his head. And I, I tell people, if you don't get things off your chest, it goes to your head and it swirls around and it exhausts you. Absolutely. <laughs> you know I mean? And and people like your job when you're selling is sales. Your, people's, your job as a sales manager are your people. And people are exhausted. Your top salespeople, it's a transference of feelings. They have the biggest feelings. They have the biggest problems, Absolutely. typically. Absolutely. I don't want to be like salespeople are erratic and they're crazy people. Don't, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that people have problems. And if the person's right, feel good, sell good. You have to make sure your sales force is in a good spot and you need to fill up your cup. So um, I think there is in a way to do this, how to check your energy or like audit. Be like, I'm so like, this is actually this is me. I, I cold called for 15 years. And I'm so sick of cold calling and I, I need to be reaching out to more, you know, VPs. Like I need to be doing that for my, for my corporate workshops. And I'm on the phone the other day. and I was like, oh, I'm so sick of it. And I was like, how much do I actually do? <laughs> you know what I mean? and myself, I'm like, oh, I'm mentally out of alignment, sure. right? Like I'm mentally exhausted. I'm And I, so I say, is, are you exhausted because you're thinking about the work? That's right. or are you exhausted because you're actually doing the work? And Absolutely. that's. Absolutely. That's mental energy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. As soon as you said cold call, I went, I broke into hives over here. I just, again, everybody, this is, this is why I love my show. Or my shows, right? Because I have the other show, Enlightenment of Change, too. But here's why I really love hosting a podcast, because my guests and I, we have our perspective, right? Humans, we have filters, you know, the generational differences, male-female differences, where you grew up differences. So we have all these filters, plus our behavioral style, like my communication style assessment. All of that plays into how we see the world and how we approach the world. So as soon as you said cold call, I personally think cold calling is a waste. Of time. So when I teach and train, I help people put strategies in place so that it's always a warm call as they reach out. So you leverage your network. So that's why it's important to network, right? But you should be leveraging from a place of comfort, not fear that, oh my God, I have to make this cold call. I don't know this person. Then you shouldn't be calling them. Who are the warm calls you should be making to get introductions to those people, right? Instead of you mm-hmm. making those cold calls. So it's funny because I, I listen, you know, my, half of my career was making cold calls and I taught myself how to leverage my network so that I literally get referrals and I refer and this is another tip, right? And I know Rebecca, you do this as well. We do this uh, both well. That whole networking piece, I refer, I probably send 10 to 12 intro emails, Rebecca, you need to meet so-and-so, so-and-so, you need to meet so-and-so, at least 12, 10 to 12 a week. So when you're doing that, right, people want to help you back. So I'm getting referrals all the time. Oh my God, you need to meet so-and-so, you need to meet so-and-so. So most of my, and I probably have 10 to 15 meetings a week on average, if I rounded out probably 10 meetings a week. People who are introduced to me, I'm not doing any outreach for that other than my people, right, my network. So cold calling, really there is another strategy. You just have to know how to implement that, right? So it's just funny that you're saying that, but I want to go back to Rebecca's point. Whether it's cold calling or something else, if you hate doing it, you're thinking about it more than actually doing it. And if you if you really reflected and filled out like a, a daily um, – uh, what do you call it, time journal, you'll see that you're thinking about the cold call or whatever it is that you don't want to do versus actually doing the skill, right, Rebecca? Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's where the burnout comes in and the whole, oh, I'm exhausted, I don't want to do this, I hate doing this, and then you hate doing it, so you don't do it. Anything else you want to comment on? I want to talk about your book, too.
2: Um, I just think with energy, I... um. I have, um, in the book, is actually maybe a, a tie-in. I actually have a burnout formula and then mm-hmm. a sustainability formula. And um, and this is because um, I'm an introvert. So um, really? I, people, new people exhaust me. Doesn't mean I'm antisocial. I just, I have to, anyway. So there is the big thing in the sales world where work hard, play hard, work hard, play hard. <laughs> work hard plus play hard equals fall hard. I, I actually... I subscribed to the work hard, play hard when I was in my 20s, right? And there's like different energy. But sure. as you adjust your life, I actually think that's a prescription for for, for failing. And yes. we see this all the time. I think work is an addiction. It's the only addiction that the more addicted you get, the more praise you get, right? If, if there is an alcoholic who's getting more addicted to alcohol, you're not praising them, but you are praising them for work. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so um, I'm not saying you don't hustle. I am saying stop grinding. Like I, I, I hate that word because it means dull, meaningless work. But if you are, are working hard, then then play hard and rest hard. If your play hard is rest, then that's okay. But for most people, they just feel like they have to go from one thing to the next and they're never actually filling up their cup. So then I have a... Um, a a sustainability formula, if you want sustainable success, if you want to stop being inconsistent and sales leaders need to be consistent, you can't be like, Oh, well, this is just where the moon cycle is. So I'm high energy now. And then you're ink. That's not going to work, you know? So if you work hard, plus you play hard, plus you rest hard. Those are not all three. They're not like you have balance. You rest hard could be a 15 minute meditation break in the middle of the day. Right. It could be you drink enough water and you have enough sleep at night, That's whether true. enough sleep, six hours or 10 hours. It's 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 dependent. Plus, you observe. Um, and with leaders, you get paid to think you get paid to say, like, what's working, what's not working, what's around the corner. Right. Um, threats, you know, opportunities, all that stuff. And then you level up, you know, um, what what do you need to change um, in skilling up? Because. If you don't level up, and we see a lot of sales leaders who are just phoning it in, waiting for retirement. They're just riding it out. Boredom leads to burnout. Yes. Boredom leads to burnout. And so I think as, and I think most people in sales, we are all wired to constantly, like we are looking for how do we get better? How do we get stronger? And so, um, but that is something to look for. But that, then you get sustainable Success.
1: And it's true. If you're burnt down and pooped all the time, you, you're just, you can't show up, man. Right. You're just, you're pooped and burnt out. Right. So we have to make sure we find that balance. And it's so funny. I, I will admit re- reformed, um, work, workaholic or, or reforming, I think is, is a better word. I'm really good at work. I really love what I do. So when you have, you know, do you want to just go and relax or do you want to do something productive? I love the. I'm like the productivity junkie, right? Let me get one more thing done. And I remember make like you laugh, my husband and I. We were probably we were married, no kids yet. And I remember it was a beautiful day one day. Think I'm always productivity, right? What can I do that I could get a result, both in my home life and and professional life at the time. And I remember he said, "Oh, it's so nice. Let's just get in the car and go for a ride." My My response – I am not spontaneous, he tells me. So my response was, okay, where are we going? He goes, I don't know. Let's just get in the car and go. We'll head west or whatever, whatever direction he said. And I go, well, but but where are we going? And he's like, nowhere special. I go, no, no, I can't do that. We have to have a destination. Do we need to go to Home Depot <laughs> to do something for the house? Do we need to stop by? Maybe we should go food shopping today. Like, I clearly needed a destination. And, he, and this is when he said to me, you are not spontaneous at all. My response, Rebecca is, oh, wait, give me a second. I can be spontaneous. Let me think about it. So not spontaneous. Because for me, you're going to move, you're going to do something. There has to be a destination. There has to be a result. That's Crazy. That is absolutely crazy. So, we were talking. Rebecca's husband is very much like my husband, right? (laughs) Rebecca. They're calm and just the best guys in the world. And we're a little kooky and crazy, right? Because we have this high energy. (laughs) But can you please
2: yourself, Connie?
1: I know. (laughs) Don't throw me in in with you. Rebecca, can you? I mean, that was literally a conversation we had. And my husband Mm -hmm. threw me in the car and he's like, just just sit there don't open your mouth i'm take like i'm driving and you know what was funny it was a beautiful day. We had no destination. It was just gorgeous to be outside. But he has taught me that over our 20, 29 years of marriage. So anybody listening, what we're talking about, we all have a little bit of that. Just don't go down the rabbit hole that you can't find your way out, right? And I think, Rebecca, you and I, again, because our husbands are so amazing, that we they pull us out of that rabbit hole, right, which is, I think, important for you to have someone in your life that can help with that balance as well. Yes, and
2: one thing I teach um, in my courses, I have I have time management, energy management, and and what I say um, is rest is part of your efficiency plan. Yeah, you can be productive, but how efficient are you being? Absolutely. Are you you know? And you have to pause to, to actually. You can't just. And there's been a um, research. I think um, Dr. Um, Mordson he wrote Great at Work, and he has this research with. Um, there comes a certain point where more work, you don't get the value. That's right. You don't get it doesn't actually make sense yep. to keep working. Yep. Now I'm not saying end of month, you aren't working and you're pushing through for your sales goals and your sales. That's not what I'm saying. Cause there are times where you just go, great. That's a great, but we gotta, we gotta push. There are pushing times and there are cycles in business that you do that. But if that's all you do, you're actually not getting, you're not efficient. You're actually losing money because you're paying yes. people or less people could do it if they, if they learned how to manage their energy yeah. and time better. And um, one thing I do want to say about energy, you know, I talked about sleep, it, the, all of the energies together matter. So what you're putting into your body matters. Sure. What kind of food are you putting into your body? What What content are you consuming? Right? Like what's going into your brain? It's all of that stuff matters. Um, and it impacts how efficient you are.
1: Yeah. And, and I think humans overall, we have to have that balance, right? When, you know, eat, eat, like if you want to have ice cream, okay, but don't have ice cream every day and don't have a half a gallon, right? A whole thing of Ben and Jerry's. So again, everything in moderation is where we create a better health in all, you know, spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. So here's another thing for leaders. And I know, um, because leaders don't just impact their team. There's that whole ripple effect, right? So like like the the my manager many years ago, why didn't you send a $2 million policy? I have to tell you, that brought me de- – I, I have high energy and I'm, I'm a very positive person. <clears throat> I felt defeated that day. <clears throat> I thought, I, I'm just not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. And then that weighs on you. So I went home and, you know, you complain at the time I was still living home I was in my early 20s and you know you could complain to your parents that I probably was a little bit more moody than I should have been so it affects everything and what I'm finding too and I know you find this Rebecca the higher you are in the organization the heavier the pressures I think so that we that that whole ripple effect we could really crush people and then they go home and they feel crushed and a Gallup poll I, I want to say maybe 2 years ago 73% of Americans hate their job, not just sales, but hate their job. And the reason, the number one reason is because they hate their boss. So leaders, we have such an impact not only on the person, but really on their family life, their personal life as well. So this is a serious conversation that we want to make sure um, that we we affect how we behave so that we could, we could literally affect and correct that ripple effect. What do you tell your clients with that? Cause I think, this yeah, is no, I, I
2: talk about that ripple effect all of the time. And the thing about the emerging sales leader, so we know that the, your, no one has a bigger impact over your success than your direct manager, yep. not just in sales, but in business. Yep. And so that new manager, they have the biggest impact over their sales team but they also have a manager. And when you get, um, so there's this ripple effect of like the the higher up, maybe it's the VP, maybe it's the director, maybe it's the CEO, but there's somebody usually above that first level leader and um, they're pressuring and then they're just like putting it down on them. And you have to be very aware of, it's not, you don't, maybe you have a team of five people. Well, most of those five people, they probably have significant others or children, True. so you're not really in charge of five people. The ripple effect is you're in charge of probably twenty, that's right? right? like just twenty people. And um, when you're new in any business, an encouraging word could stop someone from being in sales. Like words are so powerful. Yes. So, and but but to go back to your your boss, and a better way to say that is be like Connie, that's a big deal. Congratulations on your your million dollar loan. I think you have what it takes to find a $2 million loan. Absolutely. I believe in you. I think you could do that. And you go, oh, instead of being like, keep going, keep going, like, it's never enough. It's never enough because my boss is telling me we got, you know, it's you work through other people and you have to figure out what everyone's styles are. Um, But absolutely. But that ripple effect is just. You can help them create, if you train a new salesperson and they know how to sell, they will never go hungry. Right. I, I think the only way a salesperson goes hungry is if they're lazy in life, right? Absolutely. If you know how to sell, you will always be employed. I agree. And um, there's so much you can really ruin. And I, we do learn through bad bosses just as much as we learn through good Agreed. bosses, like what we want to be and don't want to be. But oh, there are so many people, you, you have no idea what's going on at home or what's happening inside of their head. And one like flip it that's why you have to be emotionally intelligent yes. as a leader it's um this is the whole this is something i teach in the course too but only 33% of people can accurately describe their feelings as they happen that's right and um so if you react right away like i was on the phone with a client the other day and i said you're not mad at your manager you're hurt yes. like your feelings are hurt you're just responding in anger because you're like, yes. fight or flight, I'm going to fight, right? And yes. so she goes, you're right. I'm actually just hurt. That's right. And it's bringing up other feelings as a child. And so um, Absolutely. Which, I'm not a therapist, but I'm sure you go into that too. It's like, anyway, but you have
1: to be emotionally intelligent, and really be cognizant of what you're saying. It's true. And, you know, we lead through people, you can't get the results. Organizations can't get the the revenue, the growth, whatever it is for their, their year their, you know, even as a business owner, right? You want to keep raising the bar and growing your income and growing your business and network and all those things. You have to be emotionally intelligent and you have to, you lead through people. You know, I, I, I lead through my network, right? I grow through my network. I want to help my network grow. It's all about leading through people. We can't do it alone. It's impossible to do that. The other thing you mentioned is about, we're out of time, but I do want to, I just want to break down a couple of things that you said. That whole idea of that style, we all have different styles. In my communication style that I started with at, this, at the top of the show, there's five key styles that humans fall within. So 20% of the time, Rebecca, we're talking to people just like us. The the downside, though, and this is a blind spot, 80% or 8 out of 10 people we talk about or talk to Are different than us. So what do we need to modify and shift so that we're giving that person what they need? And that goes back keys to your 33%. So 33% of that, you know, 100% pool that I'm talking about, they have a level of high emotional intelligence. The other, you know, uh, 70 whatever percent don't have, or 67% don't have that level of emotional intelligence. So our styles impact how we show up and how we manage. So be mindful of that, guys. You can, you don't, you don't realize that sometimes you're truly hurting someone and putting them down because they're motivated differently than you are. They, they feel differently than you do. So really pay attention to that. Use, use my communication style assessment. It's free. So again, it just gives you a little bit of insight. of exactly what Rebecca was talking about. We're out of time. I do think you need more Rebecca in your life, right? You need more Connie in your life too. Please go to Rebecca's website. It's risewithrebecca.com. If you have a question specific for Rebecca, go to risewithrebecca@gmail.com. Again, uh, the title of her book, I'm going to go up in my notes here, Beyond the Board, How to Achieve Your Vision Board Goals in a Fulfilling and a Sustainable Way. And I think the word sustainable is kind of important as well. So again, at gmail.com or risewithrebecca.com. You guys know I will uh, put all that information on the show notes um, as well. And if you need more Connie in your life, Whitmanassos.com. Everything's there, guys. My resources, my page, my master classes, my books, you name it. It's there. One way to uh, stay in touch with me as well. Uh, Rebecca, thank you so much. If there's one thing you want people to remember from you and from this this show, right? What would that be? That one thing?
2: Just that the jump from sales to sales leadership doesn't have to be as messy um, as what it ends up being for people.
1: Yeah. Figure out what you're missing before you jump in and start creating that whole ripple effect, right, that we talk about. Before you start Mm -hmm. ripping people Mm -hmm. apart um, because everybody's not like you, right? That's really the moral of the story, right, Rebecca? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> Yes. 100%. Thank you so much for being on, um, you know, sales, my favorite topic to talk about. Uh, so it's definitely fun for me. I hope people walked away with understanding, you know, even a little bit about themselves. And, and the last thing I'll say on the subject is some people... You shouldn't be a sales leader. So really start to evaluate that. Are you happy being in sales? And there's nothing wrong with that, you being the sales professional. Or do you really feel like, wow, I really want to help others grow their skills and coach them to greatness? Then that might be an inner voice telling you that you should get into the leadership aspect of it. But you have to be true to yourself. You really have to understand what's going to make you happy versus being under the grind. So, um, again, Rebecca, great topic Thank you so much for being on. It was just great conversation. And um, everybody, again, check, uh, check Rebecca out. So risewithrebecca.com. Uh, thank you, Rebecca, for being on. Always fun to hang out with you, my friend. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Always a pleasure. And you guys, I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together that that word sales should not be icky, sleazy and pushy and really come from a place of love, care, and respect. Additionally, additionally, if you are taking that sales leadership role, please make sure that you're teaching from that place of love, care, and respect and a, approaching your employees, um, like Rebecca was talking about today. Again, from that place of love, care and respect. Thank you so much for joining me on the heart centered sales leader podcast with me, your heart centered sales leader and host, Connie Whitman. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a wonderful week and truly begin to listen and, and, and come back to the show, hopefully. But I hope that you change your perspective and realize that this journey is easier than we think when we use all of these uh, skills and all of these experts that I bring to the show, we can make it so much easier than we do. And I'm truly honored to have you on this journey with me. And I wish you all an inspired week of ease and grace and love. Thanks everybody.
0: You've been listening to the heart centered sales leader podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear Connie Whitman and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies that can be implemented immediately. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember lead with heart, and your sales will follow.